Welcome back to Catapult Your Business, where we answer one question at a time to help catapult your business to the next level. We're so glad you've joined us. I've got an awesome guest who's been a client for ours for a little while now and has a really cool story, but he's brought an important question to the table today. It's how do you continue to scale an executive team, right? You build up a six-figure business and what you start to find is it moves into seven figures. You need to start to build in different leadership elements, bring in a team. Then you start to get closing to crossing that eight-figure line. And when that happens, all of a sudden it's, wait, I have to actually learn how to scale an executive team. I used to just lean on my core leaders. Now I have to bring in so many more. And especially with the conversation we're going to have today, we're going to dig into a younger culture. The company's been around for a little while, but in terms of the skill set or the experience of leadership, it's a little bit of a different story. So excited to dig in. But before I get into that, I want to introduce our special guest today, Phil Sutter. Welcome. We're so glad to have you, founder of Traditions and Soul Energy. Phil, how are you? Welcome to the show. Good, good. Thanks, Casey. Really appreciate it. Happy to be here and happy to learn more and talk about this. This is something I live day in and day out. So I really look forward to this. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm excited to dig in. I don't get to do a lot of advising these days. So anytime we get to jump on the podcast and dig into the question, you know, I kind of find my happy place. So thank you as well for joining us. God, Phil, you're a workaholic, man. Like your story of getting out of the gates, you know, you just passed your 10 year anniversary. What's even more impressive is how you got started, right? 20 years old, working just full-time, going to school at the same time to get your degree, and starting this business. What was that like? It was pretty wild for a while, yeah. I was a full-time student, worked at an internship as well for the degree I was going for in, in the engineering world. And then my friend and I, we, my business partner, Zach, now, we had this idea to just kind of try this and thought, what do we have to lose? It's Christmas lighting. It's nights and weekends, and you know we can do it seasonally. So it's a lot of work for four years, but it was worth it. When you started, did you ever think you'd be talking about building an eight-figure business with Christmas lighting? No, not at all. Not at all. We have clients nowadays that I never even thought we would do projects this big and this like unique. So no, I, I had no idea. It's pretty phenomenal. And I love the grit, and the determination, and you know, truly the journey of an entrepreneur. And I think it's so cool that you continued on. So the business does Christmas lighting. It does solar, right? So you've got a nice seasonal balance between the winter and the summer months there in Wisconsin. So just kudos to you for what you and your team, I know you've got a business partner, Zach, and the two of you are kind of driving the engine. So congrats again on all your success and how much growth. And I know you work with our, our talented advisor there in Wisconsin, Matt Fox. I know I speak on behalf of him. He sent me a note actually before we recorded just to give you a big shout out and, and just how amazing a job you and your team are doing. So thanks for letting us be a part of that journey with you and really excited to see what you continue to do and scale in terms of this organization. Congrats. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. Well, let's dig in. So we're going to talk about scaling this leadership team. So just to lay a little bit of groundwork, right? Your business right now, you've got just over 40 in terms of your staff. And what you're trying to do is figure out how you're going to get to that next level. And I think you're realizing you need a few more executives in the team. Can you tell us just high level kind of what type of headcount do you think you're going to have to get to and how many leaders you're going to go after just so we have a little bit of a framework and people can relate? Yeah, definitely. So based on our goals for 2023, which Matt's doing a great job helping us kind of plan all that out, we are coming up with we're going to need around 65 to 70 team members in order to hit kind of our revenue goal of hitting that eight figure mark like you talked about. And so with that, that's a lot more employees to add if we don't have additional supervisors and, you know, our, our management level that can help look over them. So, you know, right now we have 
three different managers or supervisors other than my partner and I. So it makes five of us total. We're all pretty young for the most part. And we're just, I know we're going to need to continue growing that. And I'm just looking to figure out kind of how, what that structure is going to be like, at what level do we want to bring somebody in or grow within our current staff and all that type of stuff. You know, we won't get into the specific org chart today for the business, but we will talk about some themes. And so just so I know I have my head wrapped around it, we've got the implementers, the workers, you know, doing the hard work, putting out the quality service. I'm assuming that you have some form of foreman that's, you know, kind of an elevated on the site management. And then you have yep. these team leaders, right? Am I understanding that properly? Yeah, exactly. Okay, awesome. And so as you start to grow this team, what are some of the challenges you find that you're facing right this minute? When you just think about this process of getting more leaders What are the questions just buzzing through your head? You're like, I got to figure this out. Yeah. So I think the biggest challenge has to do probably with our young, just the age of our team. I'm 31. My partner's 32. We have one, you know, supervisor slash manager that's 35. But other than that, our other two that really take on a big role of managing other team members are both below 30. I think they're like 28 and 29. And so everybody is definitely very young on our age. And so this is new for them and leading and developing them is new for my partner and I. So I think age of us and lack of experience and actually managing a lot of people is definitely one of the biggest just challenges we're trying to work around. Well, age is just a number, right? We yeah. know that. It yeah. doesn't, you know, we've seen enough in the entrepreneurial world <laughs> and leadership world to know that age does not always dictate performance, right? And so experience can help. But also sometimes having the right structure and the right environment can help, you know, younger leaders thrive. So there's nothing wrong with that. But I do think how you approach it is going to be really important. So I'm glad we're going to slow down and talk through this. So as you start to bring on these leaders, I'm assuming one of the questions that are front and center is, at what point do I really need to think about bringing leadership in from the outside versus only promoting from within? Because I believe you've mostly promoted from within in terms of how organically and how the scale that you've been able to achieve in the company. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Everybody that's moved up into that level has been with us and done hands-on field work and kind of risen up through that. Yep. Are you getting the advice you need for your business from this episode? Do you want to get more than just one question answered and have it customized to you and your business? Well, Cultivate Advisors works one-on-one with thousands of business owners every day. Let them help you scale your business today. Don't just listen to this episode. Take action and go to CultivateAdvisors.com to see which advisor you get matched with and receive a free two-hour business assessment on how you could scale your business to the next level. Act now at CultivateAdvisors.com. Awesome. Okay. Well, no, it's, it's super helpful to understand. And so I think the culture of having, from my experience of growing multiple firms and, and seeing all the clients we work and how they scale and grow the organizations, I think a culture that is promoted from within truly is easier to manage long term. However, you're only as good, <laughs> right, at the level in which employees can come in. And so one of the things you have to think about is, Where is the osmosis? Where is the development coming from if everybody's from promoter within? And at what point do you actually need somebody on the team that is so good at leadership that you're actually hiring them to be a good leader and you don't need them to have the inside knowledge of even the industry or, you know, the culture of the organization because you actually are wanting to mature or evolve. And I don't mean by age when I say maturity. I just mean truly evolving, right, the culture. And so my gut would be, and again, without having all the details, and I think a lot of people listening in often ask themselves this question is like, 
is it better to bring in and like kind of flip it up from the outside or is it better to approach from the inside? I think the first thing to slow down on is go, what is missing? Like if I were to take your leaders and I was to lay out, just dump a list of the 20 things that I think leaders need to be good at, right? From holding accountability to having conflict to, you know, developing a culture to being able to establish trust within their people, right? You just list that out, you and your partner and figure out what are all the things that are important to you that instill the values of your organization. And when you work that back, what you'll probably find is there's four or five, you're like, we're soft here. Well, I will tell you the speed of skilling up all of your leaders on that versus going and hiring for somebody who has immense amount of experience, knowledge, and true skill around those elements will be a 10x in terms of speed. Sure, It doesn't need to be black and white where it's like now we're only hiring leaders from the outside. I actually think you drive your culture. I think you're growing because people see that there's opportunity in your company and you don't want to lose that. But I think when you start to have open, transparent conversations with your staff to say, these are the holes that we have, including even ourselves, we're going to go bring in this senior leadership individual that has this solved to help bring that skill to us and help incorporate that into our culture so we can go even faster. And our intent as an organization is still to promote from within. And I think that's a powerful hybrid approach that you will find will move you 10 times faster than trying to raise the tide. That's very difficult. It's either built within the culture or it's not, if that makes sense. Sure. What's standing out to you when I slow that down? I'm going to go a little deeper here, but anything hitting you in that moment? Yeah, I think, I mean, that's definitely a good point. It's something that we have talked about because our speed is kind of a concern for us, you know, and how fast we can get there. We know that developing our current team members and will take a significant amount of time. And like my holdup with that is that our production arm and our sales arm, we have a great opportunity because we're growing so much every year that I don't necessarily want to take a really long time to grow like our upper level. And that's so that thought of speed of getting to that point where we have kind of a more experienced member in there, that is something that we've been thinking about. And I guess that's the biggest thing in my mind in terms of speed of just getting there. And it's a balance though, right? You're going to manage this speed and sustainably growing while also then appeasing your team members, right? Because you want to create this culture of growth. So a lot of ways that companies enhance this and, you know, you really got to start to be nearing that eight figure mark, which obviously you guys are in order to approach this for the financials to work out. Because this advice can sound, oh, that makes sense. (laughs) Well, you've got to have the financial resources available to be able to deploy to create that growth, right? So Keep this all in mind, but a lot of companies at this stage, this is where you start to see companies starting to implement what I call middle road promotions. And so what I'm referring to as a middle road promotion is let's create the mentorship roles. Let's start allowing some of your team members to evolve, to go, instead of taking on more responsibility fully, it's doing a little more shadowing, starting to step up in different levels, giving them that slight increase and showing them that I'm investing in you and that they get to learn from this other leadership talent that you're bringing in, right? And help them start to understand, hey, we're gonna need more folks that are gonna do these senior level leadership opportunities within the organization. I wanna help start to mentor you. Same down at the floor level of who's putting out the quality product, helping them understand, hey, there is another tier, right? And starting to create multiple tiers of leadership versus just being linear for supervision, right? When you're smaller- Paying out that extra money on leadership is expensive as all heck, right? It's a big overhead that you overcome to create scale. That's why most people get stuck and can't figure out how to scale. So I would slow down and make sure you start to really evolve your process to go, 
there can be five promotions within two roles. And what does that mean? Sure. And those little layers and levels where they get to go, where you keep them holding in and buying into where the company is going and they're continuing to learn more and more, but you're actually leveraging this next hire or you know a couple hires down the road that part of their role is to help develop everyone else and that we're going to have more people in those same roles that you're hiring for. So I don't know if that helps as well, but creating that instead of that just linear supervision, that's how we think when we grow a company, you're getting to the size where you're going to need to start to think about there could be three different levels of title within run role. And that's really important. Sure. So anyway, something to think about. Yeah, I like that idea of leveling up like that. And that's one thing that we talked about as our company is in terms of what we do is leveling up quite a bit lately and taking on more. And that whole thought of leveling people up slowly is definitely something that we've talked about. And and I read something years ago that said business is the art and science of providing uniquely attractive opportunities for other people. And so I've yeah. I've thought about that along this way too, on how do I, you know, if I'm bringing somebody from the outside, I don't want my team to look at it as I'm taking away an opportunity from them. You know, like I want right. that to make sure we let them know that like, this is an opportunity for all of us, you know? I think if you build that leadership team in, and you have an open conversation and dialogue to where they're breaking down, like I said, the holes and gaps where, you know, we list, what does it mean to be a great leader? And then we truly circle, where do we not have near the experience or maybe, you know, is implementing as well at all of a sudden there's openness to go, what would it look like guys or gals, if we went and hired someone that was, sure. you know, specific to help us solve this. And all of a sudden now you have their buy-in tied to the opportunity. They understand the why versus going, we're hiring this person. I think it's the proactiveness before you even go out and search that helps alleviate that concern for staff from my experience of going through a similar transition like this before. I also think laying out and documenting those different tiers that we just talked about and having that in writing and clarifying the scale and even creating the org chart on paper and showing your staff like an all hands on meeting of what you're getting to in the next several years and why a strategic hire or two is coming in is very important. And lastly, when you do go to market, Always allow anyone in your organization to apply for it. Let them interview sure. for yeah. it. That's crucial yeah. when you start to bring in that executive leadership. And most likely, if you do this right, very few actually will apply because it's been so clear of what you're looking for. And that's what opens up the floodgates for them to realize, wow, this is going to help us go that much faster and therefore allow us to get to X number more promotions, which is really important to me to keep leveling up and moving all of our staff which I think is great. You've got sure. the right mindset. It's the order of operations actually that I think is going to be most important where I have personally even fallen down and not followed that. And then I've paid for it later <laughs> on the change management sure. cleanup. Yeah. So just be mindful of that. Another part of this though, that I think is really interesting to get into is like, how do you keep your staff as you keep getting larger and larger? How do you keep these leaders right? Fulfilled and following, right? Because there's two things that I think a lot of owners don't think about. I think you are thinking about this, which is fantastic. But a lot of leaders don't think about what will be the watered down approach that starts to begin as we implement more layers within the organization. And two, how will we keep a similar level of ownership within the leadership at the same level you and your partner or, you know, the core initial leaders would have had because they were so close in proximity to you. Right. And tying that back to the vision that is, I can't tell you how many companies we see struggle with that, that come through our door that we would have the privilege to partner with and help kind of work that out. Is that something you and your partner are thinking about and something you're watching on the horizon? 
For sure. Yeah. I think that's why I kind of thought of that, you know, providing uniquely attractive opportunities for others. Yeah. And why I, I go back to that a lot when I think about us growing as a team and what we're asking people to do, because we do ask for them to work pretty stinking hard. And I want to provide yeah. that opportunity for them to continue growing. So it, it's always on my mind is how do I keep everybody motivated and like having some of that ownership, just like my partner and I feel you know, they see us and the effort we put in. And I know that that certainly helps. But as we grow, I'm going to be a little more distanced from them. And they'll get a little less FaceTime as I keep working on the things that we really need to. And so, so yeah, that's definitely just a concern and a thought of ours of how do we keep going down that route? You know, we used to be working every single day with these people, with our team members. And now I'm in South Dakota as we record this, you know, and they're back home in Wisconsin on projects because I'm doing projects out here. Yeah. 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 So we, we get way less like close time together. And so, yeah, that's always on my mind. How do I kind of grow them and provide this opportunity for them to really make a career out of what we're doing? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give you a couple ideas that I've seen and that I've seen work for me. And I know that we've implemented in a lot of organizations and some of these you may be doing, some of these you may not, but let's kind of see what sticks here. One of the first things I will share is truly passing the torch. I talk about that a lot, actually. One of the things that happens is when you evolve this, I'm going to call it a multi-layered, you know, kind of org chart scale. When that starts to happen, what I've seen a lot of owners make the mistake is, is they try to stay, you know, the guy. <laughs> they, try, they try to stay like, sure. follow me. And instead of actually empowering the leader and realizing that you actually want that leader to develop the culture, you actually want all the staff to look at that leader as the driver of the business and no longer you. You're coming up to the moment where you start to move into the owner seat versus the driver seat. And sure. if you don't remove that barrier to say, I don't know, I don't make the decisions. I have no idea. You know, they make the call. Even just that being very conscious when you're getting the all team together, or you're having like you're not speaking anymore. You're behind the scenes. You're stepping back. I think a lot of owners try to stay in that seat while also trying to empower. And it gets muddied. And for whatever reason, you'll find that staff have a hard time finding like where the direction of it is going and you get some rifts. So I think that's one thing to keep in mind. And a way that helps support that is trending. Actually, you know, separating out the business on the financial side and providing a trend back to each leader and allowing them to report what they see happening allow them to you know, manage those reports, hold accountability to those reports and have a say and those budgets and all those different elements. You know, I think the more that that's put in place, the faster you see the ownership transfers that they feel like it's their department, their ownership, you know, almost they're building a business within a business, right? Taking that segment or division or department and making that something that they're solely responsible for and then tapping and sharing them into that. So you talk about this unique opportunity, right? One of the ways that I am obsessed with creating these unique opportunities for people that I think totally creates scale and keeps everybody focused in the same direction is actually how you focus on compensation, giving massive, massive upside to leaders is very important to me. And so I will take a compensation and look at ways like, how do we double this for them if they hit a grand slam? Right. And so sure. a lot of the ways I'll approach things is in an operational role, if I have a certain cogs number I'm trying to chase, I'll go, this is the percentage of cogs you need to hit. Any percent lower, you keep it. You beat it by 10%, it's yours. I don't care if you quadruple your, your earnings. I don't care. If you can hit that mm. or labor rate, right? That's another one. I want to have consistency. And so if you start to let the leader win as if they're an owner versus you and just fix your model, 
the sustainability of that long term skyrockets in my experience. It skyrockets and you won't lose your talent, right? Because the turnover of the leader is like unbearable during this current stage that you're in. You really won't probably come out of this until you get to a headcount of about 120, 130 to where you won't be so solely dependent on a leader. Sure. That's really important. Another small point I'll throw on, again, I'm just giving you a couple different ideas to think about is actually the leadership contract approach. Having open conversations, you know, around what does it mean to give notice if you are going to depart? What timeline does that actually look like? What does it mean to hand that off? Having open conversations about sustainability and a legacy that's being left, you know, having roundtables with your leadership group to slow down and go, what is your vision for this company? What do you need to achieve as an individual in five years and in 10 years? And what will be the legacy that you leave and just accepting that your leaders will not be with you forever, but actually aligning their vision with you for as long a period of time as what that vision allows for. And that's a that's a hard conversation to truly just embrace that they're not going to be there and you're going to have to replace. But if you can start to, what I found is if you can open up that conversation from day one, what it allows that leader to do is then to actually connect back the dots to say, because of that, when I leave, I will make sure I have somebody coming in to replace me, fully trained, ready to go before I depart. But you can't just assume that will happen. You have to openly explain that's your expectation to people. Sure. Definitely. Right. And that opens up. So I've got another idea or two here for you, but I want to slow down. Anything resonating? I'm sure, like I said, you're probably doing a few of these, but maybe you heard it in a different light based on what I just shared. Yeah, I think all of those we've certainly thought about, you know, some of them we haven't actually talked to anybody about, but like the idea of like, if they were to leave, you know, what happens? Like I've thought about that myself. And, you know, in terms of compensation, we did implement like a profit bonus for our company that awesome. our leaders will certainly end up, you know, earning more like their opportunity is definitely high up there. So, so we are yeah. all on board with wanting to do that. That's something that we understand is good for everybody. And it's fine on our end where we want, we think more about the long-term growth of our company, not just trying to make as much as we can right now. Thanks for tuning in to Catapult Your Business, where Cultivate Advisors is helping you catapult your business one question at a time. Are you running your business or is your business running you? At Cultivate Advisors, they'll match you with an expert advisor and do a free two-hour deep dive for your business. This will give you the clarity you need on how to get your business to the next level. Cultivate has worked with thousands of businesses. What do you have to lose? So head over to CultivateAdvisors.com and sign up for your free two-hour session. I think ultimately then if you are, if I were in your shoes and I know this kind of shift you're getting ready to have in the organization, the only thing I can share with you is make sure that your team is aware of what the strategy is before you go and implement. Otherwise change management will be hell. (laughs) There's no other way to say that. (laughs) And the other piece is in the event, like in your recruiting practices, in the event, the leader will not report to you or your co-founder there and your business partner, make sure, all right, make sure that ultimately whoever that person when hiring is going to work under, they have a say in their team and they get to get the final decision of who's going to be hired into the organization. And that's at all layers of leadership. You may already be doing that. So if you are great, I just want to help validate that. If you're not, I would start to do that because this is around the time of a business where you start to see that ownership and that watered down approach start to hit. And by letting them sure. choose their team member doesn't mean you don't, you know, using a recruiting widget within your organization to bring on staff. I'm not, you know, saying that. I'm saying that final step of the process has to incorporate whoever's going to lead them 
And you truly have to give them the ability to say no to bringing that person on. And that also will totally dictate. And again, you're shaking your head as if I think you're doing this already, which is fantastic. So hopefully I'm just validating that. But if not, I would incorporate that immediately as you start to go through that next stage. For sure. Cool. Awesome. Anything else that's really pressing in your head as you think about what does it look like to set up the vision for leadership? Sounds like a lot of the things are moving in the right direction. Some of this might just be validation today, but anything else that's really hitting for you or you're thinking about that you'd like to dig into? I think it's not necessarily digging into, but just part of one of the things you said about making sure we let our plans be known and like cast this vision with our team before we start actually doing it. I will say that is something that we've not always been great at. You know, we kind of just kind of get moving into things and for sake of speed, we just start going. And then eventually we tell them, hey, guys, by the way, we're doing this starting next week, you know, and it's like, I think that we're at a point where we do get to slow down a little bit with our supervisors and managers and like kind of talk to them about where we see things going. I think they know where we want to go with things in terms of we want to grow and keep being this larger company. They know that, but we've never had an official conversation like about how we're going to get there. So I think that's a takeaway I'm getting that we really need to focus on that a little bit more than we have in the past. How will we get there? What will it mean for them if we do? And what ideas or thoughts do they want to have considered in pursuit? Sure. Yeah. Right. And when you give that voice and it's tied to their shared vision, right? And I think what you're talking about is so crucial because you're working to create the cruise ship, right? This is the classic analogy I always give. You're working to create the cruise ship, this massive behemoth. Right now, you're like a decent sized yacht, (laughs) you know? And right now, right? Like you used to be in a motorboat, right? In those glory days, you know, you used to just flip that wheel and 180 anytime you want. It didn't matter. Everybody was so close. Like, come with me, right? And now you got, you got to take a little slower turn, man. (laughs) So you don't capsize. But what I find is that it's slower to make the decision. So it'll take three to six months of proactive planning. But when you do it the right way, you'll actually then get these massive bursts of speed that come out. And the reason for that, right, is because you have everybody heading in the same direction and your resource output 10 times larger now. And so that's what's hard to see is that slow down to speed up. And it's hard to retrain your mind when it was so scrappy to create the growth you've got, which, you know, anybody who's gone through the journey you have, we know the stories and the war stories that are there through that environment. So I totally relate to that. So Phil, you and Zach, I mean, kudos to both of you for building this business and creating what started off as probably a way to make a little extra cash on nights and weekends. Mm -hmm you know, into this enterprise that you've created. Just absolutely congrats. If people wanted to learn a little bit more about your company or about yourself, where's the best place for them to find you? Yeah. So our website for traditions is just traditionslighting.com. We've got examples of all of our work there and show kind of what we do. And then our solar division is called Soul Energy and that's solenergysolar.com. Perfect. And so, you know, ultimately people are looking for work and they're interested in this, right? In the Wisconsin area great reach out. They want to learn more about you. But also if there's people listening right now or like, they're, you know, entrepreneurs probably thinking, actually, I need to get Christmas lights in my house in Wisconsin. Could be a really yeah. great you know, site to go check out. So Phil, I appreciate you being bold to bring this question and helping us catapult businesses one question at a time. It's a lot to unpack. We probably could talk for another two days about all the things we could be doing around the leadership style as you keep growing and scaling. So keep evolving, keep growing, and most importantly, keep making a major impact in your area. So Phil, thanks again for joining us. And for everybody tuning in, go after your dreams. And remember, no matter where you're at in the entrepreneurial journey, you can absolutely make one shift at a time that will get you to that end destination.
Thanks again, Phil. We'll see everybody next time.